solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Uh, welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. And I'm Alex. And I'm Joey. And this, and this, is, this is Potter, Potter Watch. Watch. <laughs> we have Joey, it. so you know what that means. It's a Science is Magical episode. Science is magical. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like being uh, um, Bill Nye. Um, so, Joey, do you want to tell everyone like some of the topics or? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys know better than me because I, I I didn't know until today that these were actually viewer requested um, topics. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I thought because for the first time you guys gave me like a list of topics that you wanted me to cover, which was great for me because I, I <laughs> I'm always like, okay, I gotta come up with something cool, otherwise there and it has to be something that's easily explainable and and this and that. But you guys gave me some topics and I, I took it and ran with it. Yeah, so um, most and, of them are people that uh, emailed in or Instagrammed what? us or something. One that we're going to talk about, like, the invisibility cloak a lot, and we've talked about it on the pod um, and came up with our own non-science theories, but I know, shout out to Miriam and Sophia, because they both um, brought this up and talked about it. All right. Well, full disclosure, I am not caught up on uh, on, uh, Potter Watch, so I haven't actually heard you uh, postulate your theories about the uh, invisibility cloak, so I'm curious to see how my theories compare. That's we don't even better. remember our own theories. <laughs> well, it's also probably honest. better that you're coming in fresh, like not hearing our nonsense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's true. We wouldn't want to like influence you with our, um, <laughs> our talking off the cuff. We can share when we get to it, like what we basically thought was happening, but it's not science-based at all. <laughs> that's fair. But I still... I, I like I like hearing all these uh, all, all these random theories about uh, about different of how things work in the Harry Potter universe. That's 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 really my jam uh, when it comes to uh, when when it comes to fantasy. It's just like it's just, just theories about how to dive deeper into the world, um, whether they're science based or not. Um, but you know, I, I I have the background, so I might as well use it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, since we started talking about it, let's let's talk about the invisibility cloak. Um, so my my idea with the invisibility cloak it has really everything to do with light and how light um, interacts or doesn't interact with the cloak. Um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, light in terms of photons and waves, um, and that uh, and those I'm going to be using those interchangeably because as far as science is concerned. Um, light is equally particle and and wave. Um, so I'll I'll mention a photon as the particle, but I'll also mention also mention this is how the wavelengths interact or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I we went in deep. I I got it though. <laughs> sure. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> so light is made. So light when we're talking about light as. Uh, as a particle, it's we're talking about photons. Photons are the particles that that make up light. Thank and you for so, breaking that down for us. Yeah. So <laughs> when a photon when a photon enters your eye and interacts with your rods or your cones, the, the cells that uh, that uh, are receptors for light in your eye, mm-hmm. um, it it causes a chemical reaction and that causes a chain chain reaction, sends signals to your brain, and you see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the thing about the thing about uh, uh, light is that we really only see light when it is. Um, we only really see things when light bounces off something, or light gets absorbed, or it something it has to interact in some way. Right. If you if it doesn't interact with that thing, if nothing changes of the light once it once it encounters an object, you can't see it. Um, so that's why if you've ever seen online like the blackest substance that ever exists, or the dark, or, or this oh that this, color. Yeah, like, like the blind. blackest black, and yeah. It, yeah. it almost looks like it. It almost looks not real. Yeah, um, because right. it absorbs so much light that nothing is reflecting off of it, and it just looks like a blank void. That's why it almost looks like it. It looks like a, a cartoon hole, because because normally even when something is 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 black, um, something little tiny bits are reflecting off, and so you can still see that there's an object there. But if everything is absorbed, it just looks like nothing. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I'm getting into this is because um, is because uh, an invisibility cloak is sort of the opposite of that. It's the opposite of absorbing everything. It has no interaction, or it has a very specific interaction um, that uh, with light. That when the light encounters the cloak, it just moves around the cloak. So mm -hmm. in so in other words, so in other words, imagine light, imagine two particles of light encountering an invisibility cloak. The invisibility cloak is made of such a substance that instead of passing into or through or reflecting off of the invisibility cloak, it sort of slips around the invisibility cloak like a slipstream. Like a like air moves across a, the uh, the an airplane wing. You're right. So it's like a very sophisticated optical illusion. Exactly. So, so it what what I'm getting at is that it's not like it's not like the invisibility cloak just doesn't interact with light at all because right. that would make it transparent. Because when something is completely transparent, light goes through it and you don't see it at all. But you can right. still see the invisibility cloak um, mm -hmm. when it's not when it's not on you. But when it's on you. It's uh, light is light, pat, light uh, um, encounters the cloak, slips around it, and then comes back exactly unchanged on the other side. And so it's like the cloak doesn't exist visually. Yeah. It, now some, uh, you look confused, Molly. I was gonna ask a question if it's like, um, like how when someone's camouflaged against a wall, for instance, like, mm. is it something like that where your eye is like kind of sliding past it? Exactly. Or, okay. Yeah. So this is, this is very different from say a, a, a disillusionment charm um, where, um, where your the body takes on like the, the texture of the, uh, um, the texture of the, uh, um, uh, of the thing behind it. And it doesn't make you invisible. It makes it 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 just bends the light. And something like this would happen if uh, we normally think of something like this happening in the presence of a, a huge gravitational force, like um, like a black hole. It can it can literally bend light, and we don't see it bend. We don't we don't normally see it bending the light because the uh, um, because we can only see what the photons to our eyes tell us. 
So if the so if the um, so if the cloak doesn't interact or the or the light doesn't interact with these uh, with 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 this object, then you just don't see it and it becomes invisible. Okay, but it's I'm, not like reflecting the light away. It's just no, not interacting with it. It, it, exactly. If if it was reflecting the light away, then that would actually make you able to see. It. You see things because light reflects off of it. I love this because it makes sense about like in my head at least it makes sense why why Moody's magical eye or his special eye can see through mm. the cloak because it's like he had like that eye uh, is seeing the light differently than a normal eye would be able to. Such I would, a good point to bring that up. I would I would almost say I would almost say that uh, his eye can see like like infrared or something like that. Mm-hmm. Th- this actually brings up a good point. I hadn't written this down, but uh, but if say you were underneath an invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, uh, an invisibility cloak is not completely opaque. It, it is fabric thing uh, like Theoretically, a light could shine through a cloak if it did not have this magical ability to bend light. Mm-hmm. Therefore, say you shine, say you shown a um, a flashlight underneath the cloak. Somebody could see that flashlight because it is because it is not something that is going. It is coming from inside the cloak out. It is not light coming in and around the cloak. Right. And like you like, are under the cloak, pointing a flashlight yes. out. Yes. So like when Harry is doing a Lumos, say under the cloak. He could he could see the Lumos could reach outside the cloak and shine on something. Okay. And someone could that, see that light. And somebody could see that light. That yeah, that makes sense to me too. This also all makes sense. And I, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't expect this to make sense. I mean, it's you. <laughs> it was obviously gonna make sense. But I guess I, I, I'm saying, like, I buy it. Like, ooh, I want to go <laughs> deal with light and invent invisibility cloaks. But in the canon of Harry Potter, like, the best invisibility cloak is the three brothers' invisibility cloak, which means there are a lot of them that probably um, don't reflect, not reflect light, but don't avoid light. avoid light in the same way or, or they to... wear off that charm that yeah and that's off. the and that's actually one other thing i wanted to get to um but but before i do i just wanted to uh finish my last point saying that um the reason why i think moody can see through invisibility cloaks is because he can his eye can detect something like infrared light or something like that so we can see the heat coming off people underneath invisibility cloaks and he can see and he can see that um, that that that's uh, that was just a, a, an interesting thought I had. But um, in terms of other cloaks, um, in terms of other cloaks uh, not being not being perfect the, the way the Three Brothers cloak is, um, you would imagine something like this would need to be very sophisticated. And it would be it would need to be very precise. So any damage to the charm uh, that is or charm or magical. Or, or I, I forget. I forget if in the books if they say like a certain magical substance is normally used uh, to to make other invisibility cloaks, or um, or if it's a charmed it's a, object. I think they allude to it being an enchantment on the cloak itself. 
I mean, okay. not on Harry's, but on the like Moody has an invisibility cloak or something. But 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 that but that's just it. I I say that it is it is and still an enchantment on Harry's invisibility cloak. I say that the the difference between Harry's invisibility cloak and other invisibility cloaks is that other invisibility cloaks can be damaged because as soon as you have a chink in that armor, as soon as you have an imperfection, mm. some, the the cloak frays, it wears down like any fabric mm-hmm. would. Then the ability for it to bend that light around itself um is damaged yeah but harry's invisibility cloak is indelible that's the magic that's the that's what makes his invisibility cloak special is that it can never wear it can never it can never get damaged or or uh, or destroyed yeah. it is that's cloak so it can it, it is perfect forever that's interesting yeah i I, yeah, we never really talked about why Harry's is different than these other ones that are mentioned. I just buy, like, it's old magic. You know? <laughs> it's old shit. Like, it's it's good. It's clutch. It's that good shit. That you know, good, I wonder good, if... That Elder Wand shit. I'm, I might be stretching a little bit, but I wonder if it has anything to do with, like, the Elder Wands. Like, if the Elder Wand put the original spell on that cloak, mm-hmm. which is making it stronger. I mean, that's just... I just said that here off the cuff, but <laughs> I mean, I do. Th- I mean, if we're going to let's take, I know this is science is magical, but let's take science <laughs> out. of it. I think magically speaking, if the magical being strong enough to make the elder one also made the cloak, then it's like negligible. Right. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, right. It's a gift from the death. Yeah. Yeah. Or death or whatever. I forgot forgot the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, but that animation is so good. And Um, Emma Emma Watson's voice. I just, I could listen to that to bed every night. (laughs) And then Joey, did you understand in our messages about this? This is one of the theories that somebody brought up. I think it was Miriam that asked about, you know, if you're looking up and it's like a glass ceiling. Oh, yeah. right. the invisibility cloak are they so protected i would say no because they are uh because they are um uh because underneath they they don't have any covering um it's just like if harry if harry removes the hood from the invisibility cloak he's wearing the invisibility cloak on uh, up to his neck but it's but it just it it doesn't extend yeah um, as long as it needs to it needs to be it needs to cover that I think that's what we like we're theorizing on the podcast too is that we think no yeah but I think and then the other question and I don't know if you got into this in your thoughts Joey but about Mm -hmm. the protection itself so like the idea that the cloak also can protect you from spells like some minor spells that's something that's brought up we didn't I didn't write to you about this but Mm -hmm. I think came up on a very recent episode um how, is there like, anything in the books about that? Yeah, that Harry's cloak in particular, like that's one of the things I think that Xenophilia says is like it can protect you from minor spells. And like Harry's mm. like, oh yeah, I guess I haven't been hit with a spell while under it. Something something about that. Harry should be straight up wearing that thing all the time. <laughs> I feel like he's lending that out willy-nilly. And I can't remember exactly what the Xenophilius line is. And if we want, I can grab the book, but um there's yeah. something about that the spell can protect more than just your visible thing. And so we were wondering in a very recent episode if like 
there's times where like their feet are sticking out or something like that. Like it's not covering all of it, but if there was a protection like that, would it create like a bubble around you regardless of your feet are sticking out or like, could your feet, you know, be subject to a spell or something like that? So, so two things about that. One, I think that that may actually work with, um, that may actually work with this theory, the, the protection, because a lot of spells are just are described as light. Um, and so, and, and so uh, the way, the same way it bends visible light around the cloak, it, it may possibly bend, matter. Uh, bend, well, no, uh, bend, bend a spell. Oh, I see. I, yeah. you're, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think, uh, I, I, I think uh, the same way that if you're, that the that the magic of the cloak extends only as far as the cloak goes. So if your feet were if your feet were covered were uncovered by a spell, I think somebody could aim a spell at your feet and it would hit. I agree. Yeah. That's because what that's like. yeah, because that's how Draco does. Like when he's yeah that well we said that was like a flaw almost in this idea that it protects him we were wondering like if someone knows that you're there does it still protect you like the whole thing like does well, this, i i think his little really foot was sticking out because his yeah. trainers are out that's i think that's how yeah. we started this whole conversation because i was like draco gets him in the foot yeah yeah well i know his trainer sticks out like when he's climbing up or something yeah. but yeah we i mean Again, we don't always remember what we say, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. I could have been on the opposite side of the argument. I know. I well, no, I think you, you did bring that up. I just think that we also questioned this idea of is the cloak protecting you if you don't know that that person, like, if, if you know that they're there, can you aim a spell at that person? And if a strong enough spell, you know, um, it'll it'll fight the cloak's power but like if you're just aiming a spell and it kind of bounces like through or like not off the cloak but like past it kind of like what you're saying joey Mm -hmm. like it avoids the cloak but if you know someone's under the invisibility cloak and you aim it right at that person it's not going to avoid it i think i mean i'm just incorporating the new things that i just learned but i think that's roughly what we were questioning well i guess it yeah i guess maybe a spell is different but like harry definitely like runs into things and stuff under the invisibility cloak and then that like it's not like impervious to yeah i don't yeah i think it was it doesn't make you it it doesn't doesn't stop you from being solid yeah Yeah. (laughs) it doesn't change your i i can't think of the scientific name like your cells (laughs) (laughs) your humanness but but i but i I agree with that i think it's i I think it's uh um uh i think like a, a like a powerful spell aimed point blank is obviously going to still hit yeah like it's um, not protecting you against an uh, a an okay. ak yeah exactly and and it's like even even what i said about like spells being like partially made of light it's not it, it uh like spell spells are more than just that they are uh they have some force behind them and i don't think the and I don't think the the cloak would protect against for like something that like a physical force. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it, it's just it, all of its abilities is based it, as far as as far as as far as my theory goes. All of its abilities are based around the ability to bend light around it so that it comes out the other side unchanged. 
Yeah. I, I, that's interesting about, I was just kind of letting that wash over me. The idea that, you know, spells itself has like that light in it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you wanted to elaborate on that more, if there is anything else to elaborate, but that we haven't, I don't think really talked about that before on a science is magical episode. The fact that, uh, the the light component of spells yeah but i don't know if there's more to it than just what you said (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i I think uh oh my gosh uh i don't have my notes from way back when but the very the very first science is magical um we talked i remember we talked about um how the brain uh how magical brains would work and that tells the spell kind of yeah it's sort of like um what was it that uh if somebody has the magical gene then their brain sort of um the 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 neurons in their brain fire at an oscillation that is so fast um that it's that it it, um that it 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 can you can break the laws of physics i want to match i do remember talking about that and did you even say like speed of light or something like that maybe maybe something like that uh I, i'd have to i'd have to find my notes again but um like that like the manifestation like i i don't think we ever talked really about the manifestation of of a spell and what that would mean um and i haven't really i haven't actually really thought about that um of what what is what are the components of a spell light being one of them uh, some kind of some kind of energy um, and normally when you think of pure light and energy, you think of fire, you think of plasma. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here, trying to, yeah, trying I mean, to I'm thinking, out, but. you know, and specifically about the AK spell, because it's described as a flash of green light, like essentially, whereas other spells, it's like a jet of whatever. And like, they do yeah, sh- sh- like show up in different, like using light in different ways. It sounds like, so just, I just thought that was really interesting that you brought that up because we. I've never really considered, you know, how much light plays up, plays into the the spells, and well, I mean, I'm also you know that there's different like colors. the idea of simple spells. Maybe it's that they aren't using light. I, I'm now like I'm Deliarmus. Like there's right. no light. Well, yeah. I think it's or like oh, well maybe there's right. yeah there is light with Expelliarmus, but I I'm more thinking of like a like a Wingardium Leviosa, like there's no mm-hmm. light with that. Even like a a bat bogey or a um or a Petrificus Totalis, you know. It's, yeah, it's only certain okay. ones. I'm ready. Okay, Ooh, so I, I had an I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have you guys heard of the black body theory? No, N- no, <laughs> no. So the black body theory is that um, a, or it's not, it's not really a, like a, like a theory. It's, it's, it's a, it, it's a phenomenon that happens um, that when something gets heated up, when something, when, uh, when matter has a certain amount of energy, it glows. It, it's the, it's the reason why when you heat up a piece of, uh, of metal, it, it, it has a, it, it has a luminescence to it. Um, and that just, and that just is because it has so much energy that it emits light. And so more powerful spells going through the, so the spell itself may not have light, but it, it, it imparts so much energy into the surrounding air 
that it creates light. It's the it's like lightning, almost. Uh, um, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it does. I mean, I'm saying that sarcastically because I I knew you weren't saying it sarcastically. It just like came out. You were just like, it makes perfect sense. Because, well, I was just thinking about it spell the Armist. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Joey, but like, I don't think normally that spell does have light, but when Harry does it and does the whole Priory and Contardum, mm-hmm. it's so strong that that light comes out. We just yeah. listened to the episode and, where uh, Lupin was calling him out on expelling Armist. He was like, it's oh, not yeah. a good Oh my God. <laughs> you got to stop it's using that. calling sign. Grow up, Harry. And Harry's like, it worked against Voldemort, Lupin. It's the only one I know. <laughs> I took one dueling class. I have one blue shirt and I know one smell. Smell. Get off my back. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Joey. I just got excited about your theory. Or- no, no. I, I just like I just thought of that just now, and uh, like that makes perfect sense. That, uh, that 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 that's how it would work. That the more powerful spells are the ones that create light, and it's why. Um, Avada Kedavra, such a powerful spell. I'm oh, sorry, the AK spell. I just realized well, that's why you guys kept saying AK. Um, it's, yeah, it's because it um, doesn't have a name. That's <laughs> the, the spell. You just killed us, Joey. <laughs> I'm not holding my wand. Jeez. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it's why it is just a general flash of light and not a, and not a spell because it is it is just it is that powerful. Heat lightning. Mm-hmm. it just it just creates just a an expanding ball of energy that encompasses your target mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. see always a fun tangent yeah. on these episodes yes all right what was our next <laughs> one what was our next little q qb doobie nope so our next so <laughs> <laughs> please do not remove that Um, (laughs) they have to stay people need to know our shorthand (laughs) um so the next so the next thing is a couple of uh a couple of things on potions um and it's uh so it so two things i had on potions so it was uh gopalot's third law and then just how how certain potions may work and i have a bunch of potions here that that I'm that I just have a couple of uh, thoughts on how they might function. Yeah, we I know we definitely wanted to do Felix because we mm-hmm. talked about that one a lot. Um, yeah, and I have that one. I also great. have Veritaserum, Amortantia, Wolfsbane, and kind of Polyjuice. All um, right, what about? Uh, oh, you said uh, I'll get into that. Yeah, so I would love for you to explain how Polyjuice potion has a Muggle. Um, real world oh. content. Oh my god! Well, you know Botox. Um, you just put it. In- <laughs> it's plastic <laughs> surgery. Actually. It's plastic surgery, but uh, but, but magic. <laughs> um, Do you want to tackle the gulp plots first, and then we- yeah. Well, actually, first I just wanted to talk about potions real quick, and this isn't really like a theory or anything. This is just me gushing about potions. Um, because I really like potions is one of the classes that I really wish I could take in real life. Like not, not necessarily with Snape cause he's Slug a dick. <laughs> yeah. I like take maybe, potions with Slughorn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause, um, for me, potions is like chemistry. 
I would it, say potions is the closest or thing. Or cooking class. Or cooking class. Exactly. It's it, it's like, so this really uh, got driven home to me once I got to the sixth book because in every other book before that, potions was just Snape wrote an ingredients list on the board and everybody followed followed his instructions. But they But learning about stuff like Golpalat's Law, it really drove home the idea that these ingredients have their have their own uh have their own effects um they like certain ingredients have their own properties uh and when you combine them you combine those properties to make a potion with a uh, with effect that's sort of an amalgamation of those uh of those ingredients so it's like with polyjuice potion like it has lace wing flies and boom slangsian so say lace wing flies um adds a transformative effect to it to a potion and uh, boom slang skin deals with um, with body transformations, and you combine. You can see why. With this is just me just spitballing here, but you, if those were the case, if that was the case, you can see why those two combined um, would would be uh, an, would be necessary ingredients in something like a polyjuice potion. Yeah, and that's how that's how I really always thought of uh, uh, of potions. At least at least once I finished the books. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but tying that into uh, Golplat's third law, so we don't really know the, the first two laws. We only know the third. Um, uh, and what it is is when when you have a blended potion, when you have mul- poison, sorry, blended poison. Um, so multiple poisons t- uh, combined together. The antidote to that poison is equal to or more than the sum of the antidotes of each of the separate poisons. So there will be a there will be some additional ingredient that will that um, that allows you to counteract the effects of this blended potion that the other that the individual um, antidotes on their own would not counteract. And so, okay. yeah, makes sense so far. I think so. Barely. <laughs> I'm. You're losing. I feel like I'm writing an essay about. Blah 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 is greater than the sum of its parts, like that yeah. college app essay. But, but that's 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 essentially what it means. Is that the sum the sum uh, of uh, sorry the the effect of uh, the effect of multiple po- poisons combined is greater than the sum of its parts, and so the antidote must be the antidote uh, to that blended poison must be greater than the sum of the individual antidotes on the okay. Own. So if you Sorry, have like that made a lot that I got it now I'm with you. So if, I just <laughs> you I want to talk it out for a second. <laughs> so if you have like yeah, three yeah, yeah. Poisons, <laughs> if you have like three poisons mm-hmm. and then you have three antidotes. If you just combine those antidotes that's not enough to beat that combined poison. You need exactly. another thing to add to that combined antidote. Exactly. Okay. Great. Exactly. <laughs> I'm with um, you. <laughs> And so this is actually very interesting because this is very similar to real life drugs, um, real life medicines. Endless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so so when you have when you take when you take multiple drugs and the, and and any doctor will know this that um, you have to be very careful when you prescribe multiple drugs at once because it is very possible for drugs to interact and they do very often. Mm-hmm. Um, a famous example is warfarin. It's a blood thinner, and it interacts with a lot of things. And so, if you have um, uh, 
uh, I, oh my gosh, it's been four years since I've, since I've, uh, uh, taken my last medical school course guys. So, uh, so the, so I forget all the things that, uh, that Warfarin, uh, interacts with, but, um, a, a famous one is, and that, that isn't necessarily a drug is St. John's wort. Um, that in, I believe increases the effect of warfarin so that if you are taking St. John's wort at the same time as you're taking warfarin, you are more likely to have um, an over effect. Of, St. John's uh, wort sounds like something from Harry Potter. Can I just say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, you know what? but it sounds good. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, and it sounds like <laughs> it's a spattle <laughs> Um, but so so uh, my 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 point my point was um Sorry. that when drugs, no 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 no, I'm, I'm glad we're doing all this. Um, uh, when drugs interact, they often interact in a way that is greater than the sum of the individual effects on their own. So say you have a receptor that these, uh, that these drugs um, attach to, and that's how they have their effect, the, this, this, this drug mm -hmm. receptor in your body on a cell. Um, say they have two separate um, uh, interaction points. It's two, uh, sorry, two separate um, uh, um, binding points on this, on this one receptor. Um, then then uh, the receptor might change configuration so it becomes... So it has tighter binding to one drug, or, um, or it has a greater effect, or, uh, or or its output has a greater effect. Something will happen with these two drugs in combination. It may just, it may even be something as simple as the two drugs together um, sort of crowd out other uh, other molecules that would remove the effect. Um, it's just something something can occur such that the so, such that the resultant effect. Um, is possibly greater than the sum of the two effects on their own. And this, so this is a common in drug administration. And so what you would need to do in order to counteract the effects of those drugs is to first, is to give a, is to give a counter drug, um, a competitor or, or something that not only counteracts, not only is strong enough to counteract the effects of each drug on its own, but strong enough to counteract the effect of the two combined. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is the same exact thing that we're talking about here. So um, I think what I'm getting at is that, is that uh, Gopalot's third law is, um, is very rooted in, in reality when it comes to, uh, if, you're, if you're viewing poisons like, um, like medicines. Because at the end of the day, all drugs are medicine, are, are, all drugs are poisons, it just matters the dose. Oof. <laughs> yeah no no it, honestly, i mean no. you're not wrong <laughs> literally you're not wrong well if you think about what what, what does a poison what does a poison do it it alters your it alters your body in a negative way um what is a what does a medicine do it alters your body in a positive way but they both alter your body if you alter it too much even if it's supposed to be in a positive way it can be a uh it, it can a, a, a drug can be become a poison I mean, I was thinking about like, I feel like I learned too late that if you've been drinking alcohol, you shouldn't take acetaminophen. acetaminophen. Yeah. 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 Yep. And 
I feel like I was past the age of like college years when I learned that. And I was like, damn, I should not have been taking acetaminophen now. I feel like I learned that like two years ago. If I told, I know I, I was like, don't take acetaminophen. I know. <laughs> Probably at no. my house and I was like, no, here's ibuprofen. <laughs> Do you know why though? You know why? Well, I know that it affects your liver. Like it's like too yeah. much for your liver to process, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so acetaminophen is broken down by your by your liver, um, and so is acetaldehyde, the the byproduct the byproduct or or, or uh, byproduct of uh, alcohol uh, uh, breakdown or what or, or what gives you a hangover is acetaldehyde, and and so your and so your liver is essentially doing double duty, and it will and your and so it won't and so it won't break it down as quickly. And so the uh, acetaminophen will stay in your system longer and, and it's not, and it's not good for you. Um, yeah. But ibuprofen is broken down by your kidneys, not your liver. And so and I got two of those one to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. So, so uh, Gopalat's third law, it's, it's very rooted in uh, real science with, uh, with drugs um, that, that in order to, in order to, counteract the effects of multiple poisons or drugs you you need you need uh you need to counteract the interaction effect in addition to the individual effects that that's just all that means perfect yeah. and hermione would also argue harry doesn't harry is like me well, he didn't get it at first and mm -hmm. then hermione explained it joey posner explained it so <laughs> um healer pause but uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to throw this out there into the ether that um, I would also from all this I would I would postulate on uh, Gopalat's second law being the the sum of the sum of any uh, two poisons is greater than this uh, is the effect of any two poisons is greater than the sum of its parts. A potion in motion stays be... in motion. <laughs> we get it <laughs> exactly, and so these these effects would build on each other. Okay. So, so okay, about, I've said enough about that. Uh, what about um, that law about food? That one's always interesting. Oh my god! Okay, I was, I so I I, I thought Gopalat's third law was that until I looked it up, um, and I saw, I had a sigh of relief when I realized it wasn't that because <laughs> I won't make you go into that one because it's it's. <laughs> oh my god! It's just so weird because you can. <laughs> What, what was it? The exception you can you can't you can't um, uh, conjure food. You can transform it in. You can't you can transform another substance into food. You can summon food, and you can multiply food. Right. And but like you could conjure a chicken. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Hermione, yeah. the bird spell. But you how can much are they actually and then cook it? I'm confused. How much are yeah. they actually conjuring stuff in Harry Potter? I feel like most of the time we see them transfiguring. Most of the time, it's really, conjuring. It's just that one transfiguration thing, which isn't really transfiguration. When Hermione creates the birds. Oh no, that's charms. That's my bad. That's charms. But but it's also. But it, yes. it, it, conjuring, conjuring is creating something from nothing because when, uh, when uh, like in the seventh book, when they say, where do vanished objects go into nothingness, oh, that yeah. is everything. So the uh, conjuring is presumably the opposite of vanishing. I think it is actually described as the opposite of vanishing so that 
it's literally creating something from nothing. So if you can, I don't know if this is if this is actually in the books, but if you if you have the ability to conjure a living animal, then why not food? And that to me seems very plot devicey. Well, and- yeah, it's just so she can like have poverty. I think truly, yeah. Right, because I think the other exceptions are you can't conjure food, you can't conjure money, and you can't conjure shelter. Yeah, she just wants she just wants to be able to give an excuse for why the Weasleys are not. (laughs) I do think that there is a lot of implication that there are a lot of things you can't just conjure. Like if someone writes a book, you can't just conjure that person's book. Like you have to buy their book. You know, yeah, but see that makes logically more sense to me because in order I feel like the conjuring process would be that you have to know all of the details that make it up right you have to be thinking about it similar to apparition like you can't just go to a place you've never been before you have to visualize where you're going yada yada all that stuff so yeah like you couldn't conjure someone else's intellectual property because you don't know it like we in this podcast might be able to conjure a Harry Potter book but well, they don't <laughs> that's just because we've read it so many times they don't even conjure like their Hogwarts robes like I feel like there's a lot like I think it, mm-hmm. it's I, my interpretation is that it's really hard to conjure things from nothing like so people aren't just conjuring any object that they please you know it doesn't seem like that mm-hmm. yeah I just I think, see, well, I think we see more transfiguring I personally feel like uh, she who must not be named wrote herself into a hole with these whole yeah. words because that's the only example of something that I'm like that seems ridiculous that they have conjured up these living beings because you're right everything else really is transfigured we don't everything else follows like natural biology and here Hermione is making full ass birds and, and shooting them at Ron I just feel <laughs> like that's an insane thing to do this okay so i had a thought and and i don't know how how much this will hold water because it just i hadn't i haven't like delved into it too deeply um but um maybe it's that things that require creativity or skill to produce so you can create raw uh raw materials but you can't create something that has to be made Mm, that makes sense but that that, i mean i don't know you could just conjure the separate parts like you could conjure like can you make wheat grow and then make yourself bread like what is the i think so i feel like you could because it's like basic it's just like a basic object like what you're saying joey i think like herbology you could make something grow you could make something grow or even you could like could you well, I don't know, like a vegetable. Like, could you could you like conjure seed. celery? Could, yeah. Well, I think according to this law, you couldn't, but maybe a seed. Like, you could... Um, but I think but you, you can conjure other plants because Lily can't. does that, and so does... Oh, with the flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and why does... It should, and Snape like, does in the movie. I don't know if we're accepting that as canon. Oh, but, yeah, and so... He makes flowers yeah. grow in the movie for Lily. Oh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that is entirely canon. But well, right, that's what, but but Lily canonically makes a flower out of nothing. Right? Or no, and she trans 
it well she fish yeah but she but she turns the lily into a fish i mean hermione creates flowers oh yeah she at the grave at the grave yeah flowers and so it's not and so so you can create you can create living things but no in the fifth book dumbledore conjures a a chair um at harry's hearing yeah Mm -hmm. and that and that would and he and he conjured like a very nice chintz armchair, if I recall. Yeah, Dumbledore. And, and it's so, Dumbledore. Yeah, it's like is that just a Dumbledore, Dumbledore thing? He can using, break the laws. He's or? using the Elder Wand though, so well, that's mean, another that's another <laughs> thing because um, Harry points out later in that fifth book that McGonagall also conjures a chair. And it's just like a basic wooden chair, not like the one Dumbledore conjured at my hearing. Like he even makes that comparison. Judgy, like, Harry. Well, no, I just mean, doing like, the best she can. I think it emphasizes that Dumbledore did really more fancy magic, essentially, and McGonagall just did this like basic conjuring of a chair, like. Dumbledore was in high form at that hearing too. He was really flexing. (laughs) I do think that this is like making our brains hurt because I don't think it works. I don't don't think, I think there's too many um, holes. That's why we didn't ask you about this. That's that's fair. (laughs) It it, doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Because the more you, the more you think about it, the more you realize the only common denominator is that food has nutrition, money has value, shelter, like, shelter shelter, like things that have value okay Um, wait though that that makes sense to me it does wait it does it it does you can't conjure shelter you can't conjure money and you can't conjure food in like maybe you can technically conjure it but it's not giving you what you need the house will crumble the money is not real it's like goblins gold like it's not gonna like sustain itself and the food is not giving you any nourishment like you can eat a conjured piece of cheese but it's not adding any calories or nutrition to your life because it's made of nothing but what is is that chicken not real that you that you conjured is that is that chicken going to fade into nothingness well i think it might eventually that's what i'm saying like the chair is probably not a permanent chair that's being conjured Mm. like it can stay for like an hour or so but because it has an expiration date the food isn't actually going to sustain you for, for life this is me talking off the cuff (laughs) <laughs> so you're saying conjured things so no no this is this is an interesting thought that conjured things are not are not real they are essentially magic made incarnate yeah um, so in in that but in that case it is not the opposite of vanishing because mm-hmm. vanishing is actually taking a real a real object and and uh, turning it into nothingness you are you are essentially so what you're saying is that conjuring is just magic made solid and right. and it is not and it is it, it is a very is a very good likeness of the thing that you are conjuring but it is not actually the thing you are conjuring right so if you're eating magic bread you're essentially just eating magic and so you're not getting anything that actually makes a lot of sense same with and i know we're going to talk about love potion like you can't conjure love like that's another need like it's not real like you can't you know 
it, it's mm. an emulation of love or some of these other things yeah. that we probably talk well, about. Well, I have an explanation for that, but. Great. Ooh, I'm ready. I'm Love ready. <laughs> Should we get into some of these potions? Is that a good segue? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If we want to, if we want to yeah. drop this, because it's, <laughs> it's making my brain hurt. I think it was a good, I think it was like ultimately a good discussion. I'm glad we chatted yeah. about it, on. but I'm also okay with us just leaving it where it is. <laughs> where it's at, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it is it is sort of conflicting with my my notion of how conjuring actually works, but it it does make thing it does make more sense that way. Um, if we want to, if we want it to make sense and not just assume it's plot. Yes, yes. If we want to try and uh, work our out. way around she who must not be named, then yeah. uh, that's what we can say. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So let's so let's get into some of these potions. Um, so I'll start off with the one you specifically requested, Felix Felicis. Um, so I actually thought this was uh, this was kind of interesting because because um, in uh, in the fifth book when Harry's doing uh, his OWLs and. You have all these brain boosters um, that are fake and uh, that are flying around like like a black like a black market, market style. Yeah. Um, like none of those actually work. I argue that Felix Felicis is that brain booster. That's why it's illegal on tests and and uh, sports. and sports and all that because what this is, so your our brains are very very good at doing one thing in particular, recognizing patterns. Um, brains, our brains are the best pattern recognizers. Uh, a lot of times when we think of intuition or our gut sense, it's because we're subconsciously mm -hmm. recognizing a pattern that we may not be able to articulate, but it's still, it's still something that our, our, our brains recognize and they say, don't go there because this, this, and this happened. And therefore that way is bad. Yeah. Last time, you know, I put my hand on the stove and it burned me. So I won't put my hand on the stove anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry. Um, that was like kids. <laughs> that was what you learn as a child. Not yes. Care. Yes, exactly. You, you it, it, as a very simple pattern, hand on stove equals burn. So even when the stove is off, your gut sense is to not put your hand on the stove mm -hmm. because the last time you did that, you had to go to the doctor's office and your parents scolded you and you had to wear a bandage for three weeks. This is not from experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no follow-up questions. <laughs> so the thing about Felix Felicis is it boosts that ability. It boosts that ability to the unteenth degree to the point where Harry, when Harry went down when Harry said, okay, the best way to get Slughorn to, uh, uh, the best way to get Slughorn to give me that memory is to go down to see Hagrid. Why would he think that? Um, it's because he saw random bits and pieces of evidence just out of the corner of his eye at some point during that day. And he knew that Hagrid was going to be bearing Aragog and Aragog has, and Aragog has uh, poison that um, that Slughorn might like, and that Slughorn may have he may have seen Slughorn go down to the uh, go down to the uh, um, herbology herb uh, to herbology. Thank you, um, and and he might and so he, he his mind subconsciously picked up on all these things, and with the boosting energy of Felix Felicis, he put it together and said the best way to get this 
is to go see Hagrid. So Felix Felicis just gives you like a Sherlock or monk brain. Exactly. Do you think it also part of it is um, decreasing like that doubting conscious, like, oh, like the, the part of you that second guesses your intuition? Like, do you think it's also like silencing that part? Um, I feel that. Perceived, it, it's definitely perceived yes. like that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> the pincers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it definitely feels like a like a liquid courage, like a drunk courage, yeah. uh, a kind of situation. Because we notice, I, I mean, it's in the movie, but it's also in the book that Harry's so confident in his decisions, and that feels like there's nothing in him that's questioning this this decision or this thing that he's noticed. I also think it tracks for the. Um, the reaction that Ron has thinking that he's on it, right? Like, because his immediate reaction to thinking that he's on it is to not question his intuition, is to silence that part of himself because he's like, oh, the potion will do all the work for me. That means that I just need to trust myself and have confidence because that's essentially what it gives Ron. But if that's the case, then that may not be the potion doing it when Harry takes it. It's it's him trusting the potion. Oh, so you um, think the confidence is a like um <laughs> what placebo. Is that? placebo. Yeah. I was about to yeah. be like, the potion is the libido. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the libido. No, that's a different that's a different potion. It's <laughs> a different potion. <laughs> um, hey, there's a Jenny scene when he takes the Felix, so that's mm-hmm. true. Um, but I like, think yeah. That's a coincidence. Well, I, well, I don't know. It's like, uh, what, what, what is it? Um, what happens is he, he accidentally he brushes into Ginny, um, mm-hmm. and and she thinks it's Michael uh, pushing him. He may have, he might have subconsciously picked up on the fact that Dean. Ma- uh, De- sorry, Dean, uh, <laughs> Michael Corner. Did did she date Michael Corner? Yes, she did. Michael Corner. That's right before Dean. Okay, she dates a normal lot of people. Michael. I knew you'd react like that. Michael, Dean, and Harry. That's not that many in her whole life. Her whole life, she dates three people. And everyone's like, Ginny's such a slut. Sorry, I need to calm down. There's a lot of animosity towards Ginny in the fandom. And it makes me sad. We're huge Ginny fans. Oh, I am too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I knew uh, you were just kidding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny that I'm so predictable. <laughs> You're a Gryffindor. I know how your brain works. That's true. <laughs> and mine was like, I have to let him know it was Dean. <laughs> um, what was I saying before? Uh, oh, like yeah, he brushes. Yeah. Like he brushes, and so at some point, at some point, he knows that that uh Ginny thinks Dean is is overprotective so he might have just have just in like subconsciously knocked into her knowing that knowing that she would take it as Dean even um even the the time when he refills the uh the wine uh or the or Mm -hmm. whatever they're drinking um -hmm. there he is refilling wine (laughs) uh, but he's but uh Harry is always gets in his own head about new spells 
Um, that's why he falls back on Expelliarmus. Um, he <laughs> he always gets in his in his head, but if he trusts his instinct, his intuition, because he knows how to perform that spell. He's learned how to perform that spell. Um, but if he's not in his own head, if he just trusts that he can do it, then he's able to do it. I don't. I think will say. Yeah, going. sorry. Keep going. No, you keep going. I, I, if he if he hadn't learned at all how to, if he had never been exposed mm-hmm. to silent spells, I don't think he would have been able to do that silently. I think because he was exposed to it, he was able to do it perfectly in that moment because he was able to access that part. I agree. For, sh- for sure. And I think that def- definitely tracks for Harry because that's his whole thing, right? Is that mm-hmm. he has trouble doing new spells until he's in a life-threatening situation and then he can instantly do them or he right. can or he can harness uh, powers that we don't see him really doing in class. You know, it's yeah. because he actually has really great instincts and natural power. He just yeah. it doubts himself. He has a lot of self-doubt and that's fine because he was abused as a child that does fuck you up a little bit. A little bit. I do think that <laughs> but that's a good I think that supports the idea that yeah. there might be something in the potion that is also suppressing that that self-doubt cuz because we're in Harry's head, it feels more than just a placebo, but it, it obviously it still could be that just he's trusting the potion, but yeah. I don't know. It, that's just how I always took it. No, I definitely, I I don't mean to go against your theories, Dr. Paz, <laughs> but, or Healer Paz, but I do think that, I do think there must be a lowered inhibition element because mm-hmm. That's honestly, if I were going to take a liquid luck potion, that would, I feel like that's like the automatic expected result, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want my anxiety on my lucky day, you know? That's, that's fair. I don't, I, I, I still, I still, uh, I, I, not, not the, not that what I'm saying is the be all end all, but I still say that the, that the, uh, um, the lowered anxiety comes from, uh, comes from knowing you're you're taking a lucky potion and that you will have a good day because of this potion. So you uh, posit that if I were to sneak Felix Felicis into Molly's morning pumpkin juice, but mm-hmm. she was not aware that I did it, mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have the lowered inhibition effect of the potion. I, only enhanced awareness, essentially. Right. She might catch on eventually because she because she realizes like, wait a minute, this is all like this is weird. Like I'm I'm having a really good day here. This doesn't usually happen. And <laughs> right. but but even the fact of even if she doesn't like catch on and uh and find and and realize, oh, Alex must have slipped me Felix Felicis because she's a really, really good friend. Um she she might she she might just have she might just have these lowered inhibitions because she's having a good day. Think about it. When you're having a really good day, your, your, your anxieties are, are, are lowered even, even if only by a tiny amount. Yeah. Like it just increases your own confidence. It's Mm -hmm. not like, like just the increased confidence or the enhancement is enough. It's not, it's just that that's so high. Like a serotonin boost. uh, I guess. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I still I still say though that the primary effect is this 
increased intuition, your increased brain power, your increased pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually uh, one thing I wanted to touch on. Like, um, it's why this potion, like this is affecting your brain. This is affecting something that is incredibly complex in your brain. This is not, this is not just like, oh, um, we're, we're talking an increase in, in the primary visual cortex. So you having, uh, uh, so you have increased uh, uh, vision. Uh, this yeah, is, why this is doesn't that Harry is... use a spell instead of glasses? That's mm, that, that's a <sighs> he sometimes, looks sometimes glasses. it's a vanity choice. <laughs> <laughs> They're fashion lenses. <laughs> Sorry, um, keep going, Joey. Um, uh, it, it's this is uh, yeah, this is a very complex um function that your brain that your brain does. Um, as 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 uh, as prominent as it is, um, and so that's why this is a very tricky potion to make, um, because think of all the all the ingredients, all the individual components that would go in to specifically targeting your brain, specifically targeting pattern recognition, being able to being able to uh, um, alter your perception of these of these sometimes retroactive events. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just to uh, um, in service of in service of a goal, and it's it's a it, it, these are incredibly complex processes that occur, and you are and you are meddling with those using uh, using very rudimentary ingredients, it's, and so in yeah, oh I that just made me think of it's like um, people say like you only use ten percent of your brain, which I don't think that's really true, but like yeah, you're that's not true. Right. But you're using so much more percentage of your brain, like on this Felix. That's what it sounds like. You're, you're using these tools that you always had in your brain, but you're accessing them with this potion. Isn't that saying infallible because it's like, you're only using the truth of it is that you're only using 10% of your brain at a given time. Right. I would, yeah. I would say I mean, that's, that's a flawed the, phrase. I would say that's closer to the truth. I, 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 I don't, I don't think there's any research at all that says ten percent. I don't know where people got that number. I think the, I think what's actually happening here is it's making the connections between your memory and your decision making more efficient. It's making those processes much more efficient, so you can, so it's less effort to connect A to B to C. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and in that case, it would actually, um, it would actually, uh, lower the percent that if there is a percent, it would, it would in theory lower that because the same, the same connections, the same processes, oh, use less power, less energy. It's like being streamlined. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we're not talking about stimulating, uh, we're not talking about stimulating uh, a process. We're talking about, you don't um, think Felix is a stimulant. I don't. Uh, I, what I, what I'm saying when I'm saying it's making these connections these connections more efficient, I'm saying it's um, strengthening the. I'm saying it's strengthening those connections. It's making it's making the um, it's making the synapses and the communication between one area. It's bolstering the communication between one area and, uh, and another. You're taking a red eye. No stops. Yes. Yeah, yes. that that's a very different way of thinking about it because I think we always think about it as enhancing. Yeah, not mm-hmm. focused. Like, I mean, I know I just said focusing for like Adderall, but like what what you're saying is like 
focusing that pro- that brain process. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess in my brain, I mean, I love this theory. I guess in my brain, I always thought of it literally because it's a gold potion and it kind of shimmers. I guess I kind of pictured it as putting like a gold lens over your life, you know, like it adds, it's like, here's your day and here it is gold standard rose tinted glasses <laughs> and and for all i know that's that's probably how it was written but for me for no, me but you're coming, trying to make it scientific yeah. we yeah. just don't know anything about science <laughs> well and, and 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 i'm coming at it especially with the the strength and connections i'm coming at it from a from specifically a neuroscientific perspective um because uh, because what the where you're coming at is 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 a very logical way to think about brain enhancers that it's just it, it's boosting activity but when you but uh when when a neuroscientist talks about um like better performance it's not necessarily larger activity it's it's very often it's very often just strengthen connections strengthen congruency between activity between two areas and or maybe even uh, less activity because the because the uh, um, because the processes are more efficient. So they're using less energy, less resources to do the same thing. I, um, I think you definitely make more sense because we understand Felix to be such a unique and special potion. It's not something that everyone can make. Yeah, that it would not just be an enhancement. Like it sounds like you could. There are lots of potions that enhance certain things. So it, it definitely makes sense that it's not one of those um, for sure. What's the next potion, healer? So the next potion is Veritaserum. Um, so, so this is another one of those. This is another one of those uh, potions that's supposed to be very tricky because it it affects the mind. Um, mm-hmm. It affects the brain. Um, and so before I before I go into like the exact mechanisms. Uh, my thoughts on the exact mechanisms of uh, Veritaserum. Um, uh, I like. I want to. I want to start by defining what makes a good truth serum. So it needs to do two things. It needs to make you want to talk, and it also needs to make you incapable of lying. Because you need both of them. Because if somebody if you make somebody incapable of lying, they'll just shut their mouth and won't say anything. If they don't want to, if they don't want to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. and um, and at the same time, making somebody want to talk and just run their mouth does not mean they won't lie. Like right. if you're if you're drunk, you can still lie, even though you even though you're talking nonstop. That happens with everyone, right? Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. keep talking. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, We're with you. <laughs> so. So a lot of the so a lot of the real true serums out there, the real qu- in quotes true serums, uh-huh. um, uh, common ones were uh, scopolamine, mescaline, and get this LSD. Um, were, uh, <laughs> were I think also marijuana too was were used it, were all used as true serums. Um, LOL at pot being a uh, a truth serum. If I was high, I just would not say anything. Like, <laughs> I, I like I in terms of like if we're talking a lie detector test, I think I'm m- much more likely to fail a lie detector test if mm-hmm. I'm high because I'm gonna like laugh or like 
be thinking too hard about something but it's not gonna give me the impetus to like just tell the truth I think alcohol was is much more likely to do that because when you're high you still have like I feel like I still have more reason Mm. than if I'm drunk then I I feel like (laughs) I have less of my mind I guess yeah well well what they what they actually found with these with these kinds of things is it uh it made people want to talk, but it didn't necessarily inhibit their ability to lie. Right. Yeah. Um, and and uh, um, and I think that what that comes down to is both both in, inhibition of talking, like saying I should shut up when uh, I should shut up when I'm talking, and I I, uh, I should like I shouldn't say anything else. Like I've said too much. I've said too much. Saying I've said too much. I shouldn't keep talking and I need, and I need to fabricate a lie um, because I don't want people to know the truth. Both of those things require the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I would say that the reason why those, uh, the reason why those uh, um, truth serums in quotes didn't work is because they didn't shut down the prefrontal cortex enough. Um, they, it, they shut it down enough so that people People don't have the I've said too much part, but they didn't shut it down enough that they couldn't fabricate a lie. They couldn't say, yes, this is because it, it, it requires some some level of inhibition. Like, I know this is the truth, but I am preventing I'm preventing that from coming out of my mouth. And instead, this thing that is utter false, that is an utter falsehood. And so I would say that the, the the prefrontal cortex gets shut down when you take veritaserum, but and it creates sort of an effect that I would say is similar to the imperious curse, less extreme than the imperious curse, but but that idea the way it's described in the books of this of the sensation where it doesn't really matter, almost like a hypnosis kind mm-hmm. of thing. Because if you think about it, if somebody is if somebody is put under hypnosis, I, I have no idea the actual degree of reality that hypnosis actually works, but, um, uh, but, uh, but when somebody's under hypnosis, they are less inhibited. They are, they are, uh, uh, imp- what's the word? Impressionable. They, yeah. yeah. Hypnosis, yeah. Have yeah. you ever been hypnotized? Like not even at the Renaissance festival? I, I have been hypnotized. Um, but it's, it's sort of like, it's sort of like I know what I'm doing, uh, like my experience, and this this was like back in high school. Um, mm-hmm. My recollection of it is that I know what I'm doing. I know I know this isn't the real me. I don't actually like I mm-hmm. I did I I, I didn't get I, I didn't I wasn't told that I was a chicken. But like if I were, it's not like I would I would actually think I'm. I a think chicken. you were a chicken. You would just feel compelled to behave. Like You're not, not questioning. Not even compelled. Not even compelled to do it. It's just I don't care. They want me to cluck like a chicken. I'll cluck like a chicken. I feel. Yeah. See, that's where it's like iffy for me. I think, and <laughs> you're a performer too. Like I've tried to do hypno- like be hypnotized at the Renaissance Festival, and I would never. Like I know this about myself. I would never not do it and embarrass the person that's like on stage <laughs> saying that they can do it, be hypnotized. So I'm gonna do what they say no matter what. So <laughs> I, I'm not like. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm too nice. Like I, I, I always know that I will, if I had the option right now, I could not do it, but I want to be nice to the person. So I will in fact cluck like a chicken because I don't care. And because you probably weren't hypnotized. Yeah. Do you think, do you think I was, it was in my, in my experience, it was sort of my inhibitions were down and I just did what they said because I didn't, I, I, I didn't care. It, did, it didn't matter. Like there was at one point they, uh, the guy told me to go down to the audience and find, and, and find my favorite actor of all time. And so I went down, found a 14 year old girl, brought her on stage and announced to the entire audience that I had found Harrison Ford. That feels I would like, say you were hypnotized. <laughs> it's not, yeah, and it's like what we were trying to say about Felix that we were probably wrong about. It's like you're not doubting anything. Like you're just going along with it almost. And I think I think Veritaserum is more an example of that than yeah. Felix Felicis. That is. makes it sense. Is, it is you are just, mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. you are, somebody tells you to say the truth and so you say the truth. You don't doubt it. You, you're all your inhibitions uh, go away and you don't think oh shit I shouldn't say that because this is going to incriminate me oh shit I shouldn't say that because um because I'm a dark wizard and uh, and I'm and I'm keeping up a ruse and you said something earlier I don't remember exactly like the words you used but something about like why it just made me think of the the main example we get of Veritaserum is Barty Crouch Jr. right and the fact that he's not he's emotionless basically when he's retelling his story that there's maybe something to that Mm. that you were touching on earlier that he's just simply saying it like there's no affect in his voice really right well well what i said was that you don't you well i i think all i said was that there was that you don't have the inhibition to fabricate a lie you don't have the inhibition to say oh i shouldn't say that um but that's it but that's an interesting thought like why is he why is he emotionless i mean that could just be him being like a sociopath <laughs> he's a little bit of a sociopath so that could be it but that's but he, i mean he does curl I a actually, smile when he when he mentions like the dark lord has returned now he does he does have a smile yeah yeah but a lot of sociopaths can like like isn't that the thing is that they don't really feel mm, they don't. They, no, you're, you're right. You're right. So, it, so if I'm trying to get into the head of a sociopath, like please be my guest. I I don't want to, but here is actually I don't know why I'm pretending. I love true crime, but um, if I'm trying to get into the head of a sociopath, I would think that like one of the hearts of the issue is that it's like oh this killing or this person that I'm blindly following etc this evil that I am doing as a result of being a sociopath is in search of trying to find anything that feels like anything so it, it makes sense to me that it's like here is this goal and my goal is that that I was going to follow Voldemort and I got good news that Voldemort, it, so it's not like the genuine feeling of good news, but it's just like, I made this decision to do this. 
I don't know. That was a lot, when, and it didn't really make talk, sense. It makes sense in my head. Well, when we talk about sociopaths, what we talk about is a lack of fear and a lack of empathy. Right. Um, so, so think of an empath and think the exact opposite of that. Somebody well, right. Who, That's a, yeah. But it doesn't. But I, I, I guess what I'm. But saying But they still feel. Is, but they still feel things. They can still right, feel so happiness. You can feel they can happiness still... and joy, but you're not. You're not. You don't understand when you kill someone. You're not thinking. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't it be awful if I were that person? Exactly. You don't. Or feel like. That. Or like. Oh, this person has a family. They're someone's daughter. They're someone's what? That kind of thing. It removes that aspect of the killing. Yes. Um, that is true. Yeah. I also Not watched a little three off. seasons yeah. of Dexter. Yeah. Don't mean to brag. Talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, about your point, Jay, because I, I don't know if that matters. I think that could just be a character thing, essentially. Yeah. About yeah. his like lack of. He's a lot. He's he's honestly a fun deep dive. I loved three when we were deep diving <laughs> him because he's he's got a lot going on there. Yeah. Daddy issues. Strike he's, one. He's, uh, what were we getting at? What were was, we talking about? Was there more to what you were saying about? Um, so, so Veritaserum, um, uh, Imperious Curse, but less extreme, like ha- puts you in this state of increased susceptibility. Susceptibility, that's what it was, um, to influence because it shuts down your prefrontal cortex. Um, and that, I think that's about, I think that's about it. Like you need that, you need that prefrontal cortex to fabricate lies to, fa- uh, to to tell yourself when to stop talking. And so if you shut that down sufficiently um, via via a state of, and putting in, which would put you in a state of susceptibility, some, like hypnosis, like the imperious curse, um, that would allow you to, uh, um, that would allow you to extract information from someone very, fairly easily. Um, so yeah, that's Veritaserum. Excellent. All right. Now, Next one, I think this is the last like really juicy one, and the other ones, uh, the other ones are, uh, 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 the other ones are pretty simple. Polyjuice potion. I put this one here because it's it, it's like a very common, very commonly cited potion, and, mm-hmm. and but like I have no fucking clue how this works. And so my initial thought is always it it alters your DNA to match mm-hmm. that of the person you're turning into, with the exception of your brain. Cause I'm not, and, and that, and that's your entire body from head to toe. Um, and because unlike in the books, uh, unlike in the, uh, unlike in the movies, uh, your voice does not change. It does change in response to apologies potion because your vocal cords are changing just like the rest of your body is changing. Yeah. Yes. I do see why in the movies they've made that change. Yeah. That it makes sense. But then they miss yeah, but it's it doesn't scientifically but I, make it sense. obviously makes more sense in the books. Um, but in any case, what that up until up to that point, it makes perfect sense. That's how it works. That's how that's how it functions. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't what it doesn't explain is why people have scars, all the alterations to their body um afterwards, because though those are not biologically encoded. I could talk for hours about epigenetics and how experiences change your DNA, but it doesn't change it on the level. But no matter wait, what, wait, 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 I'm confused. What do you mean by this? I, I like, like lost moody, you. Like, like moody. 
Like you look like you have all of Oh, your I see. If it's changing your DNA, then it does. Okay. I, okay. Now right. I'm and, there. And I like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong in this, in the chapter of the seven Harry's, they all have his scar. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like, I would even, I would even give him that one. And Moody, he, does, he has the eye socket. Like yeah. that doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't if, have an eyeball. Your, so your DNA think... encodes for a full you. It does not encode for scars and missing body parts. But does and it does it do like age? I would I would suspect it does because you're because okay, telomeres so, and all that stuff. Okay. So maybe maybe and this is just in a magical situation. Your DNA is it's like an updated version of your explain please elaborate i can't i can't (laughs) because it it would like tech your dna as a baby is the same as is is it the same because the only reason i said that is because of the aging situation right so yes and no okay so i i i just mentioned epigenetics and Mm -hmm. so so what happens is when you have an experience um, you have certain, so let me back up a bit. Um, certain molecules um, that surround your DNA that um, uh, control whether certain genes are read or not. Um, so um, there are certain, there, there are certain uh, molecules that control how tightly wound your DNA is in your cells. And mm-hmm. if, and if uh, your DNA is tightly wound, um, it can't be read. You, it, there are, molecules can't go in and start and start co- start reading the code, pro- uh, mm-hmm. uh, producing proteins, and and essentially uh, uh, presenting that gene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, experiences in your life can increase or decrease the presence of these molecules that control your uh, that control uh, whether your DNA is uh, read or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the study of this is the uh, um, this is the study of epigenetics. Epigenetics is epi surrounding genetics genes. So it's the mo- it's the study of things that surround the genes that control whether they um, that control whether they are expressed or not, and that can change throughout your life. You can have right. certain genes that are expressed or not expressed as you go through your life. And right. so uh, twins. A, a lot of studies have been done on twins. Showing that um, they're even though their genome is technically the same, their presentation the way those genes are, are presented are not identical because mm-hmm. they have different epigenetic factors. Okay, mm-hmm. does that make sense? That ma- yeah, no, that makes total sense. I just I think we've gotten ourselves into a plot hole again. I don't think yeah. the scars. Like do if you're make thinking sense. about cloning, like that's the best scenario we have. Exactly. But cloning, it would clone, it would whole clone it the would clone whole, whole right it identically. Like it, it wouldn't clone pers- a would it clone? It, like it, so if you cut off the toe of Dolly the sheep and mm-hmm. cloned her, the 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 clone would have the toe right yes it would because yeah. because there's still the genetic code that says a toe right. goes there she was born she was yeah but if you born without chaos a toe, then our yeah. friend's cat who was born with extra toes then the clone also has extra yeah. toes not necessarily 
not necessarily. It depends on why they have extra toes. So if somebody is born with, so they're- One of those Hemingway cats. That's what, that's like their loose term, but there's like a scientific term for these types of cats that have extra toes on their paws. They have polydactyly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So it depends. So (laughs) Joey's like, I know what's happening. No, 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 no. Uh, Um, so in some cases, yes, there is an error in the, in the genetic code that causes a mutation and, uh, and, uh, um, and causes them to have multiple toes, but, um, a lot, in a lot of cases, so say somebody has, um, say somebody might have a, uh, uh, a hand that is malformed. It, it does not, it doesn't have all of its fingers or um or something Would like, like a webbed thing count for this like when a you have webbed, like webbed um no i'm i'm talking about something that's i might be talking about something that's particularly specific it has nothing to do my, my point is that it, it, it may not have anything to do with the genetic code it may have something to do uh, a birth uh, uh, what we would consider a birth defect oh i may see. have okay. may have something to do with the environment that the that the baby was born i understand in. so like, like they, if if the genetic code could be fine, but the baby, the way it was in the womb was like squishing the face in exactly. one way or whatever. Then when you yes. tried to clone that baby, it would come out without the face squishing. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So it, it's a, it, it's so um, not all, not everything you're born with is because of your genetic code. There are mm-hmm. some things that are definitely because of that. And so um, say you have a gene for polydactyly or, uh, or heterochromia, uh, two different eye colors. Um, uh, that would be that, even though that's even though that's what we would consider abnormal. That is part of your genetic code. It is a genetic mutation, um, and therefore you would have, and so therefore your clone would have that. But if it is a birth defect that is that is due to a product of the environment and not due to a product of the genetic code itself, it would not be cloned. My point, and my point being. That uh, that polyjuice potion, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, it's a mirror uh, of what they look like in that moment somehow. Yeah, and they magic. I, I can't I can't I can't figure that out. Yeah, a wizard did it. It fails. Uh, yeah, it fails the science <laughs> test. Polyjuice potion. Oh no! But I, I, I like that you did incorporate that that essential part with the yeah. Gym. So yes. Yeah. You like, created a foundation. Magic does magic, magic does the rest. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 it there is a way that something like Polyjuice Potion could have could have uh, uh created a, a a a replica of someone, but it's not the way it would be in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um so yeah. I think that, sorry, I don't mean to derail us. It's it's on topic. But I think that would be a fascinating tell just generally in the books. If polyjuice potion did work the way that you're saying it would scientifically. Mm. And so like you would only be able to tell someone's polyjuice form or clone form, if you will, if like they didn't have the scar on their left. Or you like magically did the scar every time and you messed it up one time. Yeah. Yeah. Or what if? Or what if, um, like the it, it, like Polyjuice Potion worked worked scientifically, and Barty Crouch, in order to 
in order to uh, accurately portray Moody, had to actually gouge out his own eye, cut out his own leg, get all the scars that Moody actually had. I would love that, except for we know that that doesn't happen. I know, when he turns I know. Back, but that would be so much be darker. So dark. So we would believe it. I would. I would totally would believe it for that character. He did that. Oh, shit. Honestly, though, I would have hoped he would have been like Kingsley or something. Like that's a lot of extra work to be mad eye, if you will. Um, <laughs> but why oh, mad eye kept his scars to make it harder to poly- to polyjuice. It all oh makes God. just imagine that trans. Just imagine that transformation of him back into in, into Barty Crouch. That uh, that hair. That description of him looking like only barely recognizable as the boy in the pensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Let's talk uh, about a really cheery potion known as Wolf Spain. <laughs> oh yes. So okay. I'm, so I'm very Wolfsbane curious potion. to hear what you have about Wolf Spain. So this one is actually pretty interesting as well. Um, as, as even though I said it was pretty simple. Um, uh, once again, things I think are simple may not be. But um, <laughs> uh, so. If if you recall back in the back in the first uh, um, scientist magical episode, um, we talked about um, lycanthropy and how it may possibly work. Um, and what I for uh, and what I had said then was that um, there's a uh, there the the virus lays dormant in uh, in blood in in your blood um, until it's uh, until it's uh, until the full moon when it when it gets released and goes throughout the body and turning all of the cells into your body into wolf, into werewolf DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that would include the brain. Well, what the, uh, what the uh, Wolfsbane potion would do, what would have to do is block the virus from getting to the brain. Um, So you can keep your human mind, even though the rest of your body uh, turns into a wolf. Mm -hmm. And what that would, and that is a very simple way to do that is it bolsters the blood brain barrier. So, uh, so in, in our body, we have, uh, we have capillaries and they, uh, in the rest of our body, we have capillaries and they allow the transfer of nutrients uh, nutrients uh, from the blood to the to the body, and the re- and the transfer of toxins from the body to the bloodstream for excretion. Um, it's just that's just how capillaries work, and they're pretty free flowing. Like it's it's pretty much only limited by size and the concentration gradients. So if there's more of one thing on one end and it can fit through these tiny little holes, it's going to go to the other side. In the brain, we have something extra. We have the blood-brain barrier, and these are created by um, uh, extra cells in the brain called astrocytes, and these form this this um, this uh, um, coating, the surround. They, they 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 just they envelop the uh, um, they envelop the capillaries, they envelop the blood vessels, and 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 so in order for any molecule to go from the blood to the brain, to the neural space, they have to go through this cell, these astrocytes, and they only allow certain molecules through. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they have unique, because in order to go through a cell, it's not the same as going through a capillary. A capillary is, is literal holes 
that you that uh, that molecules can can flow through. But in order to go through a cell, uh, uh, like through a cell, you need a transport. You need to be able to be transported through the cell membrane, through the cell body, and out the other and out the other membrane. You need to be able to be transported through this, and so it allows for tight control of what gets in and out of the brain. Now, that being said, things like viruses are normally, uh, depending on the virus. Um, I'm triggered. <laughs> what? I said I'm triggered. I was making oh, virus a, a COVID virus. joke. <laughs> you know, ha 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 ha. Uh, oh, We're yeah. living in a tragedy. <laughs> Keep going. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so viruses may, especially in economically, the, the lycanthropy virus would be able to get through that blood brain very, very easily. But, uh, the Wolfsbane potion magically or, um, magically or, uh, through some kind of, uh, a blocking of a transporter would stop the virus from getting through the blood brain barrier and would therefore prevent it from affecting the, the neural cells from being transformed into wolf cells. Do we have anything like this to compare it to in science? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't think so. The first thing that I thought of, which I know has nothing to do with the blood is like a beta blocker, right? Like that's supposed to inhib stop something in your brain, like. Yeah, so that, that specifically stops a, um, that specifically blocks a certain um, a certain receptor for norepinephrine or adrenaline. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it it blocks a receptor. Um, it doesn't it doesn't block the blood brain barrier itself, but it can. Um, I believe it can get into the brain. I think so. Yes, yes. But something like that, but just for this particular blood brain barrier. Um, something that would. That might have been a really bad trying to. I was and just then, trying to think of something that I could it, compare it to, but yeah, something that something that bolsters the blood-brain barrier. I don't. I can't think of anything. Um, there might be, um, be but because um, if I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about like um, situations when the blood-brain barrier is breached and. Um, I don't think we have any real drugs for that because um, something like uh, multiple sclerosis, um, one of the theories for how it works is that um, is that immune cells get cross the blood brain barrier when they shouldn't and damage and, and damage the myelin coating of your neurons. And, and, and that's what, and that's what causes, and that's what causes the lesions you see in multiple sclerosis. Um, but I don't think there is a, uh, a drug that we have that can stop that from happening. But if um, we did, that's essentially what it would be doing is like what you're kind of describing. Right. It would, it would, something mm -hmm. is crossing the blood brain barrier that shouldn't be. And so we're, and so it's, and so it, it's tight. It's essentially tightening the, uh, um, the, the restrictions on what can and can't cross like putting a filter like we're filtering this so like exactly because what those astrocytes are doing is they are acting like a filter but say those astrocytes are damaged or say or, or, or say they're letting something through that they that they aren't familiar with so they they don't they're they're not they're not designed to stop something this thing from being let through um so they let it through anyway and it uh and it damages the brain um, such as such as such as uh, a, a virus would, and it would, 
And so it's sort of uh, what we would want is a, is a drug that could, um, could not train it, but sort of give it the tools, uh, the tools necessary to, uh, to block this new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the way. I love that. I hope, I hope, I don't know what would make it so complicated to make other than, again, it's a potion altering your brain chemistry, but it feels like we're close as mortal people, muggles, (laughs) to figuring out a way to do it. So I don't know what's taken wizards so long, you know? Well, the thing, the thing about, the thing about um, uh, something targeting like a blood brain barrier, it's, it's it's tough because you have to have something that uh, that spe- a specifically targets astrocytes, mm-hmm. um, which in and of itself is it, it's not I mean it's, it's not easy, but it, it it has been done before to have something that targets a specific cell. But not only that, it you need to know exactly how this how this uh, uh, particular uh, disease or, or, or cell or substance or whatever is getting through the blood-brain barrier. And you need to be able to, um, you need to be able to find a way to uh, uh, give the, give the astrocytes the tools to stop it because uh, uh, most drugs, we don't, we don't uh, add like a receptor. We don't add any, mm. uh, an, any, anything that would change the function of the cell. What we do right. Is we is we take what's already there and we either enhance it or inhibit it um, on a cellular level. I mean, right. Um, and uh, and so and so we take these receptors and we say, okay, this drug acts acts on this receptor to increase this effect, or this cell, uh, this drug acts on the exact same receptor but decreases the effect. So we would need to know the exact receptor that is allowing this thing through. And then we would need to be able to isolate that receptor, create something that create something that binds with that receptor in a, in a very specific way, such that it produces this effect of increasing or decreasing its uh, it, 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 its um yeah. So you have to have an the bad thing. Yes, you have to have a healer Posner brain. Basically, you have <laughs> to have. That's why Snape can do it. I know that we're not fans of Snape, but we can't disagree that he is brilliant at potions. He has an understanding of them that are above the average person. That's why his book is full of exactly what you need because he just innately gets potions. Right. He gets that these ingredients do this one one specific thing. thing. Yeah. And, And he knows exactly how to bring out the right version of that effect for this specific potion. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, I mean, pharmacology is complex stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, Un mas. One more. One more. All right. Now, okay, so this this was like a, a serious one, but now 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 amortensia. Uh so Woof. in a nutshell, in a nutshell, this is uh, what amort what? What did you say? I said it essentially is and you paused and then I added a roofie, but keep going. <laughs> so that's the thing. I I don't like Obviously, these are these are not good for kids to have. 
and it's I, not it's, good. I don't think for adult. anyone it's for, to it's, have. It's it's influencing it's influencing somebody's desire, but I see it less as a roofie and more of uh, something that gives you an addiction. Uh, it gives you an mm. addiction to yeah. another person. Um, so it's not. So I, I've I've read a, a fan fiction about. Uh, <gasps> A, a singular, singular. For this podcast, or you no, just read it no. on anyway? I just I, I read I read a thing because it was it was interesting, but then the then the oh, you talked about this. I think the author got a little preachy, and I didn't like it anymore. I think you um, talked about this on another episode because it was about chemistry, right? No. Oh, oh no 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 no. This no there there is a uh, uh, one about uh, chemistry, but it. Uh, Okay, never mind. Uh, but it was is just, it called a soft? Is it a dreary? No, it's not. It's I not. I know it's not a dreary. I was um, just teasing. Um, but the but the thing the thing is like I've seen it depicted as a roofie, and it's like it has the exact effects of a roofie. Like somebody has a headache afterwards, and and it's it's but but that's not the effects that are described in the books. I think no. that I think that's somebody imprinting their own version to make it. To, because they're they're saying it's a roofie and so they're they're saying this is the exact effects of a roofie and that and that's what it is now and, what and it's I don't think like that's what it a is. roofie is that it's a date rape drug yeah, not that it has the, like a date rape drug that but it, not, like not a, that it has the exact same effect as like what a roofie would do but just that's because fair. the act of it is immoral because i um, i agree with that i agree with that. <laughs> yeah um so what so what i'm saying is that it it, it has the effect of giving somebody an addiction to a person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so when we think of love, we think, uh, so in any kind of uh, obsession or addiction or, and even real love, it has to do with chemicals in the brain. It all comes, everything comes down to chemicals in the brain. That's what we've Um, learned. (laughs) uh, A bunch of, it's a bunch of neurotransmitters. So if you're talking true love, we would talk, we would talk about amortensia, uh, increasing oxytocin in the brain so that 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 is that is uh the the chemical that is released uh the chemical is released when you're hugging someone um when you're when you're around when you're around someone that you love um it's it's not not dealing with love but it not not directly um but uh but it's it's the chemical that's released during childbirth and breastfeeding these are um, it's it's attributed to um, uh, causing an emotional bond between a mother and child, which is which is love. Um, so, like when I read Harry Potter, or oxytocin. when I open a <laughs> set of Pokemon cards, oxytocin. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but so, but that's not what we're talking about with amortensia. This is specifically right. described as an obsession, um, and it, this is and it, when I say an addiction, I mean the the um the the brain chemicals involved with addiction are completely different than those involved with actual real love. Maybe that's more. I can say isn't the like Pokemon rising with the Pokemon <laughs> yeah the Pokemon is more of the Amortensia. <laughs> I gotta catch them all. I gotta catch them all. I love opening a new pack. Yeah, no, that's really it's really more like addiction. Truly. Okay. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, but no, no, no. Harry Potter sounds like Harry Potter is the dopamine. And is it dopamine? (laughs) So so that's so this is it. So this is it. Amortensia is dopamine and norepinephrine or 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 adrenaline. And these and these are 
these are associated with uh, these are associated often, especially dopamine with addiction. Um, you have you have a stimulus, mm -hmm. and then it is associated with this reward response, and you crave that. You crave that reward response, mm -hmm. um, and if you and if you uh, and in an addiction that is taken to an extremely unhealthy level, and yeah, that yeah. is and and that is what. Um, that's that's very often what we see, uh, and when, uh, like when uh, Ed, when Ron is given is given the the love potion, he is obsessed with uh, um, Ramilda Vane. She he he needs to see her. He needs to he he needs to talk mm -hmm. to her um, because seeing her talking to even hearing her name gives him that shot of dopamine. And so you become, yeah. you be, that person becomes your world and not in a good way. It's, it's the same, it's the same way that somebody who is, so, who is, who is severely addicted to a certain drug, nothing else matters except that, except getting more of that drug. They will sacrifice food, shelter, money, safety, um, because in search of that drug and in an extreme case, that is what will happen. That is potentially what will happen in amortensia. Um, so does that mean, <laughs> just for um, the listeners, Molly just raised her hand. So does that mean <laughs> like your, a good Ravenclaw. Um, does that mean your dopamine is really low at that moment or it's high and you want it to be even higher? Like is, is your actual level changing it's at that moment? Great cue, Molly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's a, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, consider it, uh, low or high in terms of the amount of dopamine I, I would once again uh, uh, mention it in, I, would, I would I would describe it in terms of um, connections once again um, a connection between the stimulus of of this person or this drug or or, or whatever and your reward center of the brain which has to do which which has which has dopamine in it which is mm -hmm. governed by dopamine um, so it's so you have these extremely strong connections between this person and your reward center. And so every time you see that shot of dopamine, shot of dopamine, shot of dopamine. And, uh, and, and because, and, and reward is good. Getting, getting, a, getting dopamine it motivates you to do things. I mean, a, a dopamine and serotonin, if, you, if those are too low, you can have, you can have depression. Uh, oh my gosh, uh, dopamine, uh, with too low dopamine, it's um, um, we have uh, resting tremors and uh, and shuffling gait. Uh, somebody, somebody with a medical background is, sh is shouting at their sh at their radio right now. I think um, you just said a lot of things. Uh, I I was like resting depression tremors. check. Understand? Got it. Um, it's a it's resting a, tremors. Is that it's, my anxiety? It's a, neuro, it's a neurodegenerative shape. disease. What is that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Parkinson's. There we go. Oh, um, oh I see why people might be yelling. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 if I, if I'm recalling right, uh, Parkinson's is if you have too low dopamine and if you have too high dopamine, you can actually get symptoms of schizophrenia. So this isn't really about too much or too little. It's about, um, uh, it, it's about, uh, um, having this, uh, being, uh, relying on this, 
relying on this shot of dopamine because it makes you feel good and it's just you are conditioned to you're conditioned to crave your brain in a, in a loop almost yeah it, it because emily like you you get dopamine when you uh when you eat something that's really good um when you're watching when you're watching a movie when you're watching a movie you really like or if you uh, or if you're just having a really good day that's that's dopamine right there it's also serotonin it's 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 adrenaline it's it's all these things that are functioning your brain to make you feel good what's bad is that if you have this direct line to uh to uh to dopamine and it 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 gives you this big rush of feeling good and and you and you get that again and again and again and again your body is trained to crave only that and it's and it, it, it and it's detrimental to the rest of your life so what are you thinking makes it focus on one person so like what about that person is going into this love potion so is it this is it similar to the polyjuice is it like a dna thing i don't think it's a well i i would assume that the polyjuice potion would uh like the polyjuice potion you would have like a bit of whoever you're you're uh you end up craving into into the potion itself but I don't know if it's a DNA thing. I think it has more to do um, with the, the like when you have when you have a the con- the concept of that person becomes your obsession. So when I you see. have so when you have uh, a neural representation, you have you have like visual representations. You have the sound the, and any kind of sensory experience associated mm-hmm. with this thing, whatever it is, and then those starting to get into a little bit more unsettled science here but it's they sort of feed into this hub that creates this abstract concept that is just the thing in the, like your concept of the thing mm-hmm. no matter whatever it is and it 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 forges that connection between that concept and the reward center. It's not about that person. It's the idea of that person you have in your head. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we know that smell plays a huge part into it because when they're in the potions room and that has Mm. no bits of anyone in it, but you just smell that potion. And it's, I guess, kind of like the Felix. It's like reminding your brain about those periphery things that give you dopamine, I guess. Well, that's an interesting Mm. point. Yeah, you're right. That's an interesting point about it. So like, I, I guess what we're thinking is that the one that's brewed in class, it doesn't have the particle or whatever it is of yeah. the person in it yet. Yeah. So it is just doing that dopamine hit. So, and that's just, uh, smelling it. and, yeah, that's, and, I think and that that's would... just like for Hermione, it's like parchment. So like getting a good grade and, yes. and um, on shampoo, you know, and Ron's <laughs> shampoo because seeing Ron makes her feel really happy. Exactly. And, um, and, and, and once again, these are cute. not unhealthy things. These are not obsessions. Yeah. Like Hermione, well, Hermione is obsessed with Grace, but, with Grace. but, but not in a, but not in necessarily, not necessarily in an unhealthy way. Right. Like I'm obsessed with Harry Potter, but like, and I don't feel like it's a problem. You think it's a problem? <laughs> the Pokemon is a problem. The Pokemon is a problem. See, that's why I think Pokemon is more like Amartensia. I recognize Harry that Potter's it's a problem. like going home. I said this the I said this to John today. I I think my bogger 
right now. Like if I genuinely feel like this, my bogger right now would be seeing how much I spend on Pokemon. <laughs> like oh being in that room locked with my big statement of how much I've actually spent on Pokemon. <laughs> and she feels no remorse that's the dopamine it is is. honestly when you were talking about the reward center I felt like I was in therapy like it was like it was like oh my god anytime I I get a v card or a shiny card I'm like oh my god that's it and then it makes me want to get another shiny card or a v card because Mm -hmm. those are the ones but then it's also see that gets into That gets into a lot of different things because the Pokemon company is then create like they're they in themselves create a need for that, right? Like they are creating rarity and therefore you mm-hmm. want more of it. Yeah. So they're working with the science of the human brain to do that. Then That's there are capitalism. Then there are people like John who just wants every Pokemon card but doesn't care about the shinies or the Vs. He just doesn't, like, he doesn't even like them, really. I don't understand that mindset because his is, like, a true love. <laughs> is an addiction to the feeling of opening Pokemon. So I want to I want to stress this point. Uh, because, uh, let's get us back on track. Thank yeah. you, Joey. I, I don't want people to come away from this thinking that oxytocin good, um, dopamine bad. Um, because both both are good and both can be good and can be bad. You can, uh, as we just, as I said, like dopamine, dopamine is part of what helps you just enjoy life. Um, and, but if you have too much of it, you can become obsessed with something. Oxytocin in the same vein, it allows you to form a, a close attachments with people and it allows you to feel that deeper connection. But if you become attached to something that is bad for you, um, like in a toxic relationship, people can feel, people can have an oxytocin release to somebody who is detrimental to their life. Yeah. Um, and so it, uh, um, and so it, it's, uh, uh, so it, these things are neither good nor bad in and of themselves. They are just, they're just things that exist. And if you have too much, or if you are, or if you respond to them in the wrong situation or to the wrong thing, um, then that's when they become bad. Or like codependence. Codependence, yeah. Uh, so so amortentia is irrevocably bad. It, this is this is not this is this is not something I I, I think needs to be debated. It is everything can it, be a poison. Everything Full can circle. be a poison. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, everything in moderation. Your mom everything. told it to you as a kid, and it makes sense with everything we learned today on the podcast. I don't know why my mom is suddenly in this accent. She doesn't talk anything like this, but yeah, that's, she's a New Yorker. That's that's the universal <laughs> mom voice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, so, Joey, thanks, Joey, so much. Healer pause. Healer pause. Healer pause. Well, is there anything else that you guys had in mind? Something that something that may be lighter that that doesn't involve date rape drugs. Uh, 
Nah, I think they know. They know <laughs> who we, we like are. to end things here. Dark. Okay, cool, cool. Dark and stormy. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, if you're listening and you have questions for Dr. Posner or question about the wizarding world that you've wanted answered, tell us and we will try and have Dr. P on again before before we wrap up Harry Potter. Oh no! <laughs> what what chapter you guys have most recently recorded? Seven. Seven. Like all of oh chapter seven. Just of chapter book seven. seven. We're we we still have a lot of book seven to do. So okay. Okay. Don't worry. But it's <sighs> it's closing in. It's going fast. Yeah. Like I'm catching up and I'm like, oh, we're on book six. It's gonna end soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's man. rough. It's rough. We had that realization the other like halfway through book six, and it was a a, a two fearful time because we're so excited to talk <laughs> about the next book and yeah. like but if we get to the next book, and then we like all book. of a sudden we were like ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh no no i'm the i'm the same I, i'm so i'm uh i've been listening to the the audiobooks piecemeal um whenever i'm stressed during quarantine and so far i'm on book five i'm almost done book five and I just keep re-listening just to start them over. <laughs> exactly. start over. I'm like thinking quarantine better end soon, otherwise I'm gonna run out. Yeah, start them over. That's what's <laughs> nice start about the books is that you can read them over and over. Yeah, I'm getting better though. Like, like in terms of my stress levels, I'm getting better in that I'm, um, I'm, I'm listening to like uh, just one or two chapters at a time. Whereas when when I started this, I blew through book one. In in two days. Well, book one's really sh- like an audio book. It's really short, but, but it, Joey, that's is nine it, hours of listening. Joey, that's, is it oxytocin gross. or is it dopamine? <laughs> I I would say <laughs> <laughs> that I would say that I would say um, a little bit of both. I would say a little bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, because I feel like it's oxytocin because like molly said earlier you're returning to something yes and that's, that's like that's like home yeah. right that's that's it, like it's it, it's it's both like it's sort of it's sort of like it's what gives you this feeling of uh of yeah like of home of of calm of familiarity but at the same time it's this i don't have to worry about anything else it's just jim dale and me um and that's and that's the dopamine wow. that's the dopamine I've been listening to it when I can't sleep at night. So I just put on the first book over and over again. Yeah. I can't do that. I will. I'll never sleep. I'll just, I know it so well. I can book. just, yeah, I can, I can almost, I can almost play it in my head at this point. Oh, like I, can, I have. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, like I, like I, I will forget that I got through uh, that. I didn't get through a certain chapter because after I've, uh, after I've uh, finished a chapter, I'll like, especially if it's late at night and I'm going to sleep, I'll like imagine what's happening, what's happening next. And then I'll, then I'll come back to it the next time. And I'll be like, wait a minute, did I already listen to this? No, like, I nope, hadn't. That was just your brain. That was all in my brain. Yeah. When you've, when you've read, when you've experienced Harry Potter, maybe one too many times. <laughs> No such thing. Raven right, sleeps like a rock and every once in a while, he'll be, the next day he'll be like, do you have Harry Potter on last night? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I don't mean to rush us, but let's close this out because I have to pee again. Oh my God. I know. Tiny bladders. I know. I have a teeny, teeny, tiny bladder. 
Well, thanks again. So write us um, and write Dr. P. We'll get the message. We'll send an owl to uh, Healer Pause. So. Send us so many owls, please. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. And remember, science is magical. <laughs> I love that you have your own sign off. Mischief managed. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum.